morning Shabbat Tov. Today's daf is daf Mem Zayin. Today's shiur is Nishma Shifra Shulamit Bas Hirsh Hirsh Leib Hakohen, and also Yeshua Yitzchak Ben Shaul Ruvain Halevi. May the neshamas have an aliyah, and may their memories be a blessing. Okay, so we're continuing. It's still built on the Mishnah at the beginning of the parak, which is basically a few different points. I think let's just go from the fourth last line of Memvot Mumbai Base 46B. Or did you do that yesterday with Mark? We did that. We went up to the end of the Okay, fine. So let's go from the top of Memzayan Amur Aleph 47. Pardon? Someone says to his friend, so what was the case in the Mishnah? Let's just, um, if we jump back to the Mishnah, um, it says it's the last uh, case of the Mishnah. Um, about halfway down, Mem So he says, It's a koi name if I enter your house, or your house, if I on your house, if I enter it, that, well, that I enter it, and you feel that I buy it. I, he takes a letter which basically bans him from entering the house or. Um, or buying this person's field. However, if that person dies, or he sells it to someone else, it's permitted. Then, uh, the flip side of the or a slightly change in his language, says, If he says there's a name on me entering this house, or on me buying this field, whether he, the, even if the person dies or sells it to someone else, it's forbidden. On the surface, the mission is fairly straightforward. On the distinction is, if you say your house, well then obviously when that person, when it's no longer that person's house, you can go in it. If you say the kodamon of me entering this house, well then as long as that house is standing, you will not be allowed to enter it. Interestingly, if it's demolished and rebuilt, and even if it's the original house, so if you said I won't enter your house. Could still be still be a problem if you said this house or it's not this house anymore. It's a newly built one. So that's a I mean it could work out strictly lenient, but that's the case that the Gomorrah is going on. I'm just interesting with all these nadarim, um, the language and the phrasing on the do- of the nadarim. Remember a neder is on an object, so you can't say I take a neder that I won't go into a house because that's like a shua. Going back to the beginning of the mesecta. So it would have to be the netter is something on, there's a netter on the house from the entry it, or from me getting benefit from it. That would be the one way. The other thing is, if I remember correctly, I don't know if it was the run or someone else, they learned that no, when you express a netter in the language of a shua, it's a yad. Remember, yad was, um, again, right way back to the beginning of the Masechta, a yad is where you don't fully express what you mean, but you express enough that we know what you're talking about. So if I t- say name or I take a netter, I use in the clear language of a netter that I won't do something, even though it's the language of a shvur, some learn that it is a yad. That's just something interesting to keep in uh, mind whenever we're reading these. The Torah, because often you'll notice they like, don't necessarily fit in with the, with the standard expression of a netter or something like that. These ones actually did, but they often don't. It says, Boy, Avimi, Avimi asked, if someone takes a coin name 
that the, on this house that you are not allowed to enter, what's the halach if he dies or sells it to someone else? Adam, Iser. Now, if you notice, this is similar to similar to what our Mishnah said, but very different. The Mishnah was me taking the netter on me entering the house, whereas this question is me taking a netter on him or on you entering my house. We'll discuss the difference, but that is the difference. Is so. So Rabbi asked, what's Can a person forbid something that is in his rishus for when it leaves his rishus or not? Now, okay, as I just pointed out, the Mishnah is not addressing that case. Because the Mishnah is addressing me. The Mishnah's case was me taking a netter on me doing something. That obvious can have an effect whether I own it or not. Because as we'll see here, uh, um, because because um, you, you can have a netter regarding yourself whether or not you own something. I can take a netter that I won't get benefit from you, but I don't own your stuff. So you can take, there's no problem. The question, I think question again is me taking a netter about you on, let's say, my, something on my nets at the moment, can that netter continue even after it's no longer mine? Um, Again, it's very similar. It's interesting. So I'm taking the netter today, but it's on something that, let's say, I know I'm going to sell it today. Tomorrow is not mine anymore. So does my netter carry on, even though it's not mine anymore? It's very similar to me taking a netter on something that is not mine regarding you, which you're not allowed to do. Not yours. So, so oh, my Robert Robert says, Toshma, come in here. Someone says to his son, I take a coin that you're not allowed to get benefit from me, or mace, and then the father does, your shell, the son is allowed to inherit him. If the father takes a netter that you're not allowed to get benefit from me, or from him while he's alive or after his death, mace, if he dies, lo yirshenu, he does not, um, in, he is not allowed to inherit him. We see from here See that a person can forbid something that is in his property for when it leaves his property. Unfortunately, we see that place quite often, don't we? Yeah, you hear of very scary. So that's... Yeah, because yeah, again, what's the father doing? He's taking a netter now that's having an effect on his property after he dies. So that's uh, clearly he's, you can take a netter now and it can extend on your property past your ownership. So that would, on my finish, mommy, now, and that's conclusive. Just an interesting question. I don't know if I mentioned the other day, but it did come up the other day. Again, what do we mean when we say that the son doesn't inherit? At face value, it means that the, almost the transfer doesn't go through. The Rand is not happy with that. The Rand says, no, what happens if the transfer does go through? It does become the sons. He's just not allowed to get benefit from it. And it would have slight ramifications because then, okay, so he can't use it, so he'd give it to his brothers. But then he would try, um, if he borrowed money or something like that, they could collect from that property, as we'll see over the page. But also, as we've seen, um, paying back a loan is not necessarily uh, considered a hanot. But if you look at this case, I say I prohibit something Shimon benefiting from yeah. me. 
I see you something, and you sell it to Shimon. Because isn't that so the same case in which you've got over here? Well, the, the case that we're dealing with exactly is the father says about his son, yes. whether he's alive or dead. Yes. So, my so son, but then you said that the son, can the son benefit from it? Well, the son definitely can't benefit because from it. That's what just yeah. No, he definitely can't get benefit from it because there's a nether on him getting benefit from his father's property, whether his father's alive or not. So what's technically what happens after the father dies? Do we say, like the run says, that he actually does inherit it, he just can't use it, so he can't hand it over to his brothers by default. But again, it does become his. Ramifications would be liens on loans and stuff on that property. The other opinion hold that, no, since it's also Bahana, and we have a general principle, you can't take ownership of something that's forbidden to get benefit. You can't express your ownership on something that you're not allowed to get benefit from. The Yerusha actually doesn't even pass to the son. It would pass straight to the other brothers and never become his. It's because if you couldn't get benefit, do you still then, uh, are you still responsible for the liabilities against the loan? Assuming you're inheriting a property, you can't, you can't get benefit from the property. It means you can't rent out that property to somebody yeah, else. Yeah. But what happens about, what happens with the, the loan? Uh, no, what happens with the, you've got to pay the rates and taxes. You can't get benefit, you can't rent it up, but you have to pay the rates and taxes. Then yeah. what do you do? So, I mean, that would be, uh, so the government's going to sue you, and you're going to pull out uh, the dorm. I'm just saying, obviously, we're in a society yeah, where that uh, So, the basin will, they'll have to analyze this question of, well, do we say that it did pass to him, and it is his, and therefore he does have all the liabilities, he's just not allowed to get benefit from it, or do we say that's like the run, so the run would hold that enough? I mean, you're right, you would have to pay the rates and taxes. So. Um, but again, his immediate, since he can't get benefit from it, he'll give it to his brothers. So then they'll become liable. But yeah, at that moment, it does that actually go into his hands. And, and then the second thing is, uh, but according to the other issue, I named, like the Rash, but it doesn't even transfer to him. So he yeah, it goes directly to the next yeah. one. Well, then mm-hmm. the liabilities go as well, so it's yeah. okay. So Tnan Hassan. Next case. Koinem peiros ha'elu alai. Someone takes a koinem on these peiros, on me. I, I am not allowed to eat these peiros. Koinem hein al pi, or they are koinem to on my mouth. Koinem hein lipi, they are koinem to my mouth. Asur b'chalifayim uvegidulehem. He's not allowed to get benefit from their exchanges. Or from what grows from them. So let's say there were some apples in front of him and he took a coinane that he's not allowed to get benefit from those apples. If they sold, those if those apples are sold, he's also not allowed to use the money. And if they're, um, what was another example, or if they're exchanged for peaches, he's not allowed to eat those peaches. That's the chilufayim. And vikidulayim is obviously if the apple seeds are planted, and they grow more apples, that would also be awesome. The reason behind this is it's very, um, he basically makes it like Hegdesh. When he says, name these apples, those apples become like Hegdesh. And you know with Hegdesh, when you redeem it, when you exchange it or something, the Atom takes the Kedusha on it. It's an interesting discussion, I'm not going to go into it now, but does it make it just regarding Gidul? Uh, there's a lot to discuss on Gidulayim. As we'll see, um,
Yeah. I'll come to Girulayim soon, but just um, does it make a difference? Certain seeds that are going to the ground and then it grows from that, or I guess maybe not seeds, but like if you think of a potato, you put a potato on the ground and a new plant grows from the actual potato. What about certain things like many seeds? You put them in the ground, they basically decompose and from that it grows. So there it's almost disappearing before it comes back. I was thinking, I don't think this is a good proof, but I was thinking in my mind it was similar to this question, you know, they make, uh, what's it, uh, when they make meat in a lab. Oh, yeah. So they take a cell from the animal. Yeah. Well, I don't know exactly what part, yeah. a cell or an enzyme from the animal. Now, firstly, what happens if it's a non-coach animal? So they've taken, again, it's uh, microscopic, so it's all very, that, that will have its own ramifications, but they take it from a, animal, the enzyme, the cell of DNA, exactly, from the, uh, from the animal. Does it have to be a kosher animal, not a kosher animal? And if the animal is still alive, then is it a minacha? And then they use that to grow the meat from. So I was wondering if it's similar question, does it have to disappear or not? You know? When I asked about when it, we touched up the other night with Ramon Weinberg, Ramon Weinberg was like, uh, like to say that that counts as a piece of non-kosher or a piece of avaminahai, that one cell or enzyme or part of the cell, he was like, like wasn't even entertaining it, but I heard a shirf, I think, Rav Rimon, uh, of, he's the, what the word is, chief rabbi of uh, Haretzion, not Haretzion, uh, Alon's foot, that's the settlement where the Gushish is, he's mm-hmm. the rabbi of that settlement, he's, uh, I don't know, settle, I feel like settlement has uh, negative connotations of that city, <laughs> that town. Um, he, uh, he sounded much more concerned. That okay. is a problem, yeah, that question. No, it's like a high, it's a non-kosher so you have to get it. You have to chef the animal and then get it from, you know, like all, uh, at least he said it, so he, he addressed it as a question of one, but it wasn't even paid. But that's similar, so Kidulei, that would be similar to that question of Kidulei, it decomposes first and then it grows from that, or does it grow direct? But either way, just as it is also so to, something that grows from it would be also. So that's the straightforward case from the Mishnah later on. Again, just to take note, it's where he takes an, a koi name on fruit on himself. And again, Laran points out, it's specifically where he says, like, these fruits. I, so this bowl of apples, koi name this bowl of apples to me. Now, that's where those apples become like Hegdesh. If he just says, in general, koi name apples to me, not these apples, but in general all apples, then the neder, then it's not this, the, the run says it's not the same scenario. Because there what's he doing? He's saying that he's taking a neder from getting benefit from apples, but not their chilufayim and not their um, gidulayim, just apples in general. Well, I mean gidulayim from apples would be apples, but they're, but basically just chilufayim. It's, it's specifically the case where it's like Hegdesh that you point to some produce and you say, this is yeah, that is. Says boy, Rami Bar Chama. Rami Bar Chama asked. Says Omar, quite in Paris, I look. I'll ploy new mal bechilufayim. What happens if he says these payros are forbidden to so and so? So I say these payros are forbidden to you. What's the halacha regarding the chilufayim? Now the Rosh says, notice we didn't say gidulayim because gidulayim is obviously aser. Why? He says because gidulayim stemmed from the actual fruit. Chilufayim is quite indirect. It's here's money for the apples. Oh, now I can't get benefit from those, from the money. That's quite distant. That's why we have the question there. But Gidulayim would be clearly awesome. 
That's how the Rosh learns. That's how the Ran seems to learn. But over, but other Rishonim not so clear. They might include Gidulei. But either way, let's just leave it with Chilufayim. So it says, Miom Rinon Gabe Dilei Hoyl for Adam Oisev Peros Chaveiro Al Atma Adam Oisev Dava Shalabala Olam Al Atma. Do we say that when just by himself he is able to forbid his friend's produce on him, so so too he can forbid something that doesn't exist on him. I, we see that when you take an error for yourself, it's not dependent on you owning the item, because I can take an error on your property against uh, me getting benefit from your property. So we see it's got nothing to do with me owning it. So so too, if it's something that's not yet in existence, I the money those apples are sold for. It's not yet in existence. I don't have ownership of it. And you're right, generally, we would say you can't do a Kenyan or transfer or something that doesn't yet exist. But by nether, it's not dependent on it being yours. So maybe you can, your nether can have effect. Um, but that's, again, that's all because it's yours. But regarding your friend, for ein Adam, Maybe just as you can't forbid someone else's produce on your friend, someone else's assets on your friend, you also can't forbid something that is not yet in existence on your friend. On your friend. So that's the that's the one uh, way of looking at the problem. The one the one side of the coin is again. We see by your own dorim, it's not dependent on you owning the item. So therefore you can take a nether on something basically that does not exist. When you say these apples are forbidden, it's also things from those apples what they exchange for the money. All the money is not yet in existence, you haven't sold the apples. Doesn't matter, open taking a nether is not. But if that's the logic behind it, well then if I'm taking an I can't take a nether on you getting benefit from your own assets or someone else's assets, therefore I can't take a netter for bidding him on them. I can't, if I would take a netter that my apples are forbidden to you, it would not apply to um, the money bought from those because I can't forbid on you something that I don't own. So that's the one side of the question. This ideal or perhaps Mishum de Or perhaps, maybe what they change for is like what they grow, what grows from it. It makes no difference whether it's him or whether it's his friend, whether it's on his friend. And maybe there's another reason why I, this that if I forbid these apples on me, can't even get benefit from the money is because you view it as kind of something that grew from the apple. And then so, well then if, it, if that's the case, well then if I forbid these apples on you, just as anything that grew from those apples would be forbidden to you, because it's as we it comes from the actual apples, then they would, and this is a key point I'm bringing out from the run, it would be a on you getting benefit from what they exchanged for. So again, depending on, again, remember, I think, um, uh, Rami Bar, so what's the Rami Bar? Um, wasn't, um, yeah, Rami Bar Chama's question is again. I know that if I take an error on these apples on me, I'm not allowed to get benefit from Chilufayim uh, Bekidulayim. Question is, what happens if I take an error 
on these from you getting benefit from these apples. Okay, do we say that there's two ways of looking at it? What's the reason I was able to affect my neder on Chilufayim? Was it because when I take a neder regarding myself, I don't have to be in ownership? Well, if the case, then when I take a neder regarding you, I do have to be in ownership. That was the first side. And the second side, or maybe the reason is because there's a Xavier Rabbonin that says, Chilufin Allah Gidulim. And that would, just as Gidulim would be also to you, if I say these apples, I take a neder on these apples, or bidding them to you, and when they planted and they grow into apple trees, you would not be allowed to get benefit. So, so too, um, so too, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, it's, it started on the previous Amud, but the run brings a few points. Just like to go through some of them, just um, some are relevant to the to the to the sugi, and some are interesting. But just um, one point is that this is the whole discussion. If you think about it, is very because it's isura hanos. You're not allowed to sell or switch it. I'm not allowed to. Um, sell those apples. I'm not allowed to use them to exchange. So the whole question is, if I did, what's the halacha on the money? That's the one point um, the run mentions. Um, a second point is, and this this is necessary for understanding how we can bring a proof from another case. If we come in along and saying that by Nadorim, um, there's a Xerah Drabonon on what they exchanged for, then it would apply by all other Isurei Hanar. Again, as we'll see, for example, Orla. Remember, Orla is a tree, fruit from a tree in its first three years. You're not allowed to uh, get benefit from. So what happens if someone would sell that fruit? Would he be allowed to get benefit from the money? So we would, we're going to run saying that all Isurei Hanar would be the same. And Neder is Isurei Hanar. You're not allowed to get the fruit from those apples. Just as you're not allowed to get fruit benefit from the, sorry, you're not allowed to get benefit from the apples. Just as you're not allowed to get benefit from the apples in the first three years. So he says we would have that same halacha. It says and that would then answer because we're going to ask, try prove it from orla, which may be a neder and orla are different. So the runs explaining why they are the same. They both isurei hanor things that you're not allowed to get benefit from. Um, I think that's uh, those are the two points that I think let's um, use for going forward. So on my Rav Achabar Minyumi, Rav Achabar Minyumi says I can answer the question. It says Someone takes a coinem to uh, regard to his wife, that his wife's not allowed to get benefit from him, and then she needs money. Now remember, he's in a um, so loiva. She borrows the money. And the Balchov comes and gets paid from him, from her husband. Now, just interesting, I don't know if you remember, we've learned that a husband is obligated to provide his money with uh, food, with support. So, there, there are different ways of learning this. The Ram says there must be a case. And so, so therefore, once he's already obligated to provide her with Mazonas, his letter wouldn't take effect to undo his obligation to her. There must be a case where he took the letter of the Irusim. And now it's often he's suing and she needs food. Because remember, he only becomes obligated in supporting her after a Russian. Um, others give a different answer. Um, can't slip my mind. If it comes back to me, I'll mention it. Um, yeah, so now, 
She can't get benefit from her husband because of this neder, but she does still have a shibud, a lien on his assets. So when she borrows money from someone, going to go buy, sell food and clothes, etc., the debt of that money is on the husband. So that's why this person would then be allowed to go back to the husband. And again, it's also relying, it seems to be relying, and if I understood the, the run correctly, um, that at least seems to be relying on Shibuddha de Rebbe Nosson. Remember, that is that you owe me money and someone owes you money, I can go straight to the to that person, even though they're not indebted to me, they're indebted to you, you can go straight to So to here, this credit that doesn't have to go to the wife, you can go straight to the husband. Um, but what do we see? My time, eh? How can the creditor go straight to the husband? It must be that Chilufin is not like Gidulin. I exchanges would be Mutar. Why? Because we pay, um, when, as soon as she borrows the money, she's affecting an exchange. I'll take this money from you and you get the money from my husband. So it's a Chilufin. And we said she's allowed to do that. She's allowed to borrow the money. And even though the creditor is now going to go to her husband, we say it's not considered as if she's getting benefit from her husband. It must be because an exchange is permitted. She says, oh, my robber, robber says, no, that's not a good answer. Maybe that's saying, you're not allowed to get benefit from Chilufin, but if it's already done, then it's done. Now, interesting, generally when we say, we're going to see in the run now, that this is not the normal meaning of L'Chadchila, because L'Chadchila would say you're not allowed to do it, and B'riyavid would be, if you did it, it's all right. But we're saying, no, she's definitely allowed to borrow the money. So what do we mean that that's not L'Chadchila, but it is B'riyavid? You're telling me that she can't go and borrow the money, and then the creditor will go and collect from the husband. So the run says it's... Um, it's the first wide, uh, the wide, wide lines. Um, the, fir- the first wide line. They're not allowed to get benefit from the chilufin, but if it's done, it's done. Kaloima. Kaloima means, it means to say, uh, it's not the surface reading of the text. If one comes to switch the isur for the heter, that's called lechat, by his hand, that's asur, and the chilufin are asur. So I, if I take the item that's forbidden to me, and I come to you and I exchange it, well, that chilufin, what I exchange it for, is asur. That's what's considered lechat zu, But in this case, at the time when she borrows, even though that the husband becomes obligated, and kan chilufi isu mamish. It's not directly in exchange for what is asur. Therefore, she is able to borrow and eat it. Um, it's not considered. Therefore, she is able to borrow and eat, even though afterwards. Um, they will come and collect payment from her husband. It's the the eved on what she exchanged for her food. Uh, what's b'rieved here in imaman more means grama indirect. What are we saying? She's taking, she's going to this guy and getting cash from him, and 
in exchange, he's going to go to the husband. That's not the same as me taking something that is osur and exchanging it for something else. That, that's where it's, that's what lechatchilim is. Lechatchilim is direct. If I take these apples that are forbidden to me and I exchange them for something else, then I'm taking that item and exchanging it. Here it's indirect. It's bidyevet. I think here it means that indirect. That I'm taking these apples and switching them. Um, and I'm not taking. Sorry, I'm not taking these apples. Um, going to this person and borrowing money. And then those that money is exchanged with someone else with the husband. So that's why Robert says so maybe so so we haven't really answered our question. Maybe Khilufin is is also, but that's specifically where it's uh Khilufin is also, but that's specifically where it's done directly. Where it's done indirectly, maybe it is Mutar, like this case. So Ella Toshma rather let's try to prove from the following case. If someone tries to marry a woman with Orla, they are not considered married. If he sells them or and then uses their money for Kiddushin, they are married. Ah, oh, now that's a good proof that Chilufin is Mutar, because again, he takes the Orla apples and says to, his, to a woman, will you marry me with these? She's not married because they're also bahano. Remember, it has to have a value of a pruta, something that you don't have, it doesn't have any value, would not count. Um, but if he sells those apples or exchanges them for peaches, he can use that to marry her. So what do you see? Chilufin is Mutar. Because what should Chazal say? What should it say if Chilufin were also what you exchange them for is also? So not only is he not allowed to marry her with those apples, if he married her with something exchanged for the apples, he'd have to marry her again. Then on a Doraisa level, they'd be married because Chilufin is mutar. Dorabonim, they're not married because things. So he would have to do another Kiddushin with something else worth a pruta. But by the fact that it says they married as a blanket statement, it should be fine. So more answers now. Hachanami lechatchila hu delo ve'i avad avad lechatchila. He's not laru, but if he does, then it's done. And again, um, so you can say that the rabbanon make a decree. Um, so, so again, the, the rosh, the, the ran points out this is not the normal lechatchila, not the normal b'riyevet. I want a normal lechatchila again is you can do it and saying you're not allowed to do it. Lechatchila, but Beriyeved would be that, okay, you're not allowed to do it, but if you did it, it's okay. That's not the normal Lechatchila and Beriyeved, because we're saying he could do Kiddushin with the... And he explains, what's, and, and it's also not the same as the previous Lechatchila and Beriyeved that we mentioned, which was direct and indirect. What does Lechatchila and Beriyeved mean here? Um, it's that you're not allowed to get benefit from the Chilufin themselves... Um, so you know he does say that. Sorry, I'm missing a point. Um,
And I'm sorry, yeah, I must explain it slightly, but the Rand does seem to say here it's Lechat Chilem Briyevet. The Havamina here, he says, was that it's forbidden to get benefit from the Khalifin, then it should also be forbidden to get benefit from the exchange of the exchange. And therefore, even if he did get remarried, she should have to, even if he did marry her with those items, he should have to marry her again. And then he says, no, Biryabed, maybe Biryabed, it is Mutar. So that's the, uh, that's the Sugya, and we don't really answer the question. Um, we, we, we left it unresolved. Again, on the Chilufin, also, Chilufin, um, um, yeah, we started off just just to clarify the question that we're leaving unresolved is granted if I declare these fruit forbidden to me they become like Hekdesh and then obviously the Gilulam and Gilufin would be awesome the question is what happens if I declare these fruits forbidden to you um, do we say that the Gilufin is also is there a Zerah or not and that hinges on What's the mechanism that Chilufim do become also? Is it because when it's regarding myself, we see I don't need to have ownership on it? So what comes because of them in the future would also be also because you don't have to have ownership, but then it would not extend to if you take in the net regarding another person. Or do we say it's because uh, Chilufim is similar to Gidulin and something that comes as a result of it, and therefore it would be a problem? Uh, sorry, and, yeah, and therefore Chilufin would apply even in this case, and we leave it unresolved. So therefore the Ran comes along and he says, Okay, the mission is straightforward in a case where it's regarding himself that the Chilufin is also. It says, When he takes a neder regarding someone else. And so too, interesting, he's saying when you take a neder for yourself, but you don't say these, I don't say these apples are forbidden to me, I say apples are forbidden to me. You have the same question now, because it's not the same as making it hegdash. So he says, It's logical. says, It makes sense that we should paskin leniently, because remember the whole question is, is there a xeridraponim? So we have a doubt whether there's a xeridraponim. In an isudraponim, you go lenient. So that's what the run wants to say. He says, However, um, and you should go lenient but he says but take note that's not how the Rambam Paschal don't want to go into how the Rambam Paschal but I'll just leave off with the interesting question just regarding Kiddushin that touches on this is interestingly enough the husband is not allowed to get benefit from these apples uh, he wants to do Kiddushin with these apples that he's not allowed to get benefit from she can get benefit from them so to him they're worthless but to her they have a good value or what would be if it's the other way around? Something that she's not allowed to get benefit from, but he is. So can you do kitushin with such an item? Or do you have to... Uh, um, or do they, do, do they have to be worth something to the husband? Or to both parties? Or just to... So that's an interesting question. If you think about it and that, one of the commentaries want to say that that's maybe what's at the root of this mafloket, which way you look at that. Okay, but we'll do it there.